hi, and welcome to episode two of the Transformation Podcast. My name is Richard, and I'll be your host through my journey to Mount Everest Base Camp. Um, So this is the second episode of my podcast, and um, I guess I kind of wanted to um, outline what I'm doing to prepare for it. Um, As I said before, I'll probably be talking about, you know, a lot of the same stuff that everybody talks about in their podcasts about Mount Everest Base Camp, but um, as I'm embarking on this journey, I'm finding that there are going to be a lot of personal things that I'm going to be dealing with, and I think it all kind of, you know, blends together with my commitment to do this trek. Um, So I will go into some more detail on that as the podcast progresses. Um, One thing that I wanted to mention, and really a lot of this is a reminder to myself, I'm recording this as part of my commitment to try to keep it all up front and uh, to make sure that I'm doing what I need to do, you know, to prepare for the trek. And um, one of the things I've been thinking about the last couple of days, and um, I don't know you know, how much of this is real, um, or if I just kind of started thinking about this for whatever reason, but, um, I realized today that I have to be really careful here with this whole Trek, um, commitment. And I have to, I have to be careful to make sure that I'm not just using this commitment and all the preparation and all the research I'm doing. I have to make sure that I am not using this as any kind of a replacement for other things in my life that I want to, um, you know, unpleasant things that are, um, that I don't want to think about or address. Um, I think we all do that on some level. I certainly have done it throughout my life. Um, probably a common thing, but you know, you don't want to face something and that could be at work or personal life relationships, whatever. But, um, I think you know, in general, we tend to gravitate toward things that, you know, distract us from the other things that we really need to be paying attention to. Um, And that can have, as we all know, um, severe consequences. So um, it dawned on me, and maybe it's my, you know, a warning from my subconscious, you know, be careful here and don't use this. I mean, I want to, I, I want to do the track. There's no doubt about it. And right now I'm committed to doing it, but at the same time, I could, I could see myself using this as a diversion to address other issues in my life. Um, and so because of that, I, that's, that's even making the realization, um, very glaring for me that I have things to work on. Um, so I don't want this to be a diversion to other things that I have, I have to take care of. Um, so I just wanted to note that and really it's a note to self. Um, but I have to be careful with that. So I have to make room for this commitment in my life in addition to my daily, typical, normal obligations, um, and needs. So, um that's that. So I just wanted to kind of talk about what I'm doing to prepare. Um, I've kind of done a lot, I guess. Um, so 
what I started with were a bunch of lists, was a bunch of lists. Um, and I've kind of broken them out. Um, I have them titled as tasks, guides, training, general notes, packing, and then needs. And the needs portion is primarily gear. Um, so what I'm doing is, and I'm kind of doing everything on my phone, which is not ideal. Um, but that's what I'm working with right now. I'm doing a little bit <clears throat> on my laptop, but most of this is on on my phone. So it's kind of a it's kind of a pain to be flipping back and forth between all this stuff. Um, it's working so far, and I'm keeping pretty good track of things. But I can see as this gets more involved, how I'm going to have to start keeping better records or more efficient records, I should say. So um, so I have those six lists, and what I'm doing is kind of going back and forth between the lists and taking care of what I need to take care of um, or what I can take care of now. Um, I'm also being careful about, you know, um, taking care of things that will be beneficial to me regardless um, of the outcome of this whole thing. So certainly as an example, training and getting in shape will be a benefit to me regardless of the outcome. Um, there's no doubt about that. And it's that, so that is something that I've been avoiding uh, for the most of my life. I don't, I don't like to exercise. I never have. It's, it's not enjoyable for me. And maybe I haven't given it enough of a chance. Um, generally, I consider myself a pretty lazy person. Um, I think I have my moments where I'm not, but you know, it depends on what we're talking about. But, um, when it comes to physical exercise, um, I'm pretty sedentary. So, um, that's really important to me that, you know, that I get into shape and regardless of what happens, um, that will be a benefit to me, um, in the coming 15 months. So, but that is first and foremost, I think on my list on of things to take care of. And I've started to take steps. And in line with that, um, I have some foot health, foot health issues that, um, I need to address. So I'm starting to do that. I've been, uh, in touch with my diabetes doctor and kind of, you know, propose this idea that I have for this commitment, you know, and the answer is, um, you know, in short, yeah, that's fine. You can do it, but you have to watch out for, you know, a couple of things. So that wasn't unexpected. Um, and then I'm also thinking about whatever vaccinations or immunizations I'm going to need. Um, so I'm looking into those. I mean, this is all really general stuff, so I'm not saying anything that's new for anybody here. But um, again, I'm just kind of vocalizing all of this um, because it's going to be a help to me to get through to this you know, the ultimate goal, which is to arrive at, at the base camp. So, um, so, you know, I call it training and that's, that's really one of the big, big obstacles for me. So what I'm planning to do there is, um, as I said before, build up a baseline by next spring. And, um, I know that probably sounds like I'm being lazy, um, with that. Um, so it kind of sounds to me sometimes like I'm putting it off and I'm not, I'm, I'm actually working on it now, but 
it makes the most sense to me. I mean, I cannot go out and, you know, do back-to-back day-long hikes with weight on my back. I just can't, so I need to build up to that. But to get to that point, I have to have a proper foundation, which um, in a couple of different ways, you know, that foundation um, is my feet. Um, So if I can't walk, I can't, I mean, I can walk. I'm not saying I can't, but, you know, my my feet are going to have to carry me through this trek. So, um, and I'm at a little disadvantage because of my health issue. So I have to address that right away um, up front. So I've been doing that. I've been really good about doing my physical therapy morning and night to strengthen. It takes a little bit of time for the strength to start building for me. Um, But I'm starting to feel a little bit better with that. And so um, paired with doing that extra physical therapy, I will start doing some hikes and long walks. So I will be working on that, you know, starting now through next spring and, you know, building and building. And then when I get to that baseline next spring, my plan is to increase the, um, the, the physical activity to include, you know, heavy, heavier, um, cardio strength training, um, and, day-long hikes with with weight Um, so that's kind of what I'm working on on that front Um, I think I'll go to gear so my gear list is really long and it's annoyingly long Um, you know a lot of it's little stuff toiletries um, sunscreen glasses etc etc but The main thing is, like, I don't have, like, a zero-degree sleeping bag, and I need a couple of pretty big duffel bags, um, trekking poles, and then, you know, base layer, mid-layer, and outer layer clothing that is appropriate for the environment up there. Um, And then, you know, I have to get a good set of boots, and I have to break them in, and... Um, so there's just a lot of stuff. I'm looking at the list now as I'm saying this, speaking here, and it's a lot of stuff. The good news is that I have a good friend who has a lot of this stuff, um, that I can use, um, because some of it I'm just probably not going to use much after. So it would make sense that if I can use somebody else's, um, who's willing to help and support me, um, I am willing to accept that help. Um it just makes sense but most of the stuff I you know I'll be I'll be getting for myself over the you know the next year or so um, and then there you know the travel documents um, I have my passport I need some photos um, I need a, a visa for Nepal which I can get either here or there when I arrive I understand it could be a little bit of a nightmare getting it there it's not hard to get but it just takes like hours and hours so I'd like to avoid that um, I'm also looking into travel insurance, um, which I think is pretty mandatory on using some of the guide companies. Um, and then there's also evacuation insurance, and I'm not sure if that's wrapped into the travel or not. It could be. Um, but I think evacuation insurance, as I'm reading and researching, makes a lot of sense. Um, if I were to get altitude sickness, say, um, up there, and needed to be brought down quickly or heaven forbid 
some other health emergency. Um, you know, if I didn't have insurance, it would be, I don't, I don't even know what the cost would be, but I'm sure it's really expensive to have a helicopter fly in and take you, you know, to Kathmandu. So um, I'm looking into that. Um, and then, you know, it's kind of early to look at tickets from California to Nepal. Um, I'm just kind of looking out of curiosity. Um, and I can't even get tickets for that far out uh, right now a lot of airlines so but I that is on my radar so that's kind of the deal on my my needs list um there's just a whole bunch of stuff on there and it's all you know small stuff that we might think of going on any vacation um but it's kind of a daunting list when I'm looking at it but um I'm sure it'll all come together uh so from there, I guess it makes sense to move to packing. And I think that's pretty basic. Um, I'm not going to go into all the detail with, with that right now. But basically, I'll have one, one extra large duffel bag. Um, and in that extra large duffel bag, I will divide my belongings between those that I am going to carry on, on my back or in the duffel bag that goes on the track um, into one pile and the other pile will stay at the hotel in Kathmandu. So um, there won't be much in that, you know, a cup, you know, a change of clothes or two or three. Basically, I'll, I think I'll be in Kathmandu maybe two days before and two days after the track. So it's really just clean clothes and extra toiletries and stuff so I can um, kind of clean up before and after the trip, primarily after. Um, and then on the trek itself, um, I will have a duffel bag, maybe a large one, and a medium-sized day pack. And that day pack will be probably 25 to 30 liters. So I won't need to carry, and that'll go on my back, and I won't need to carry too much in that. I'll have to have a change of clothes in case the weather changes. And then, you know, water, snacks, light snacks for the trails, um, sunscreen, lip balm, small uh, first aid kit, things like that. So it's pretty basic. So that pack should be pretty light. I don't know. I'm thinking maybe 20 pounds, I'm hoping, or less would be great. Um, for me, the less uh, amount of weight would be better. Um, and then everything else that I'm going to need day to day will go in the larger duffel bag, and that will go on, um, on a yak. I guess, or a porter will carry it. So I think porters, with a lot of the companies, porters carry bags for two people. So, and I think there's a limit. They ask that there's a limit of like 25 pounds um, and whatever that turns out to be in kilograms. But um, so space is limited. It's also limited on the flights from Kathmandu to Lukla airport. So I need to be careful about how I pack and the weight. Um, I think they're pretty strict from what I can tell on the flight from Kathmandu to Lukla. They're very strict. And if your bag weighs more than it should, um, I think they just, you know, leave the bag for another flight that has more room for weight. So I have to be really careful about that. Um, so that's all pretty manageable. I think I am understanding what I need to do there. Um, and, you know, 
This is all subject to change as we get closer to departure, but I think that's pretty, that's all pretty standard. Um, I think I'm gonna switch to my task list. So we talked about training, I have to do that. Um, so I need to also, at some point, pick a guide for this trek. There are two ways you can do this. You can use a guide uh, who sets up all the lodging on the track. Most of them provide meals, three meals a day. So you just kind of go to your place of lodging and, you know, when you land there for the, for the day, at the end of the, the day, they give you dinner and then breakfast and lunch and breakfast the next day. And then lunch is provided, you know, in some type of restaurant or cafe in one of the villages that you trek through. Um, so you can do it that way, which is great because everything is set up for you. You have lodging every night. So it's, you know, this is not camping outdoors. It's trekking outdoors, but you have an enclosed room. I think the higher up you get, the more basic the accommodations are, which is fine. Really just need a place to, to sleep. So the rooms are super basic. I mean, it's a room and a bed. Um, at the lower elevations, I think you may luck out and get an ensuite bathroom. <laughs> but <clears throat> uh, the higher up you get, I think they're more shared bathrooms. So I think it's more, I mean, they're not hostels, but it's more hostel-like lodging. Um, but in any event, that's part of the deal. So it's lodging and meals and then the use of the, the guide and the porter. So that's really cool. It's like all set up for you. So this is kind of circles back to what I was saying in the other episode that, you know, everything is right there. It's, you know, it's all in front of me. I mean, this is really agreeable to me and my preferences. So um, the the other option is to just do like a solo hike and put everything in a rucksack and do the trek on your own. Doing that, you need to set up your own accommodations. From what I've read, solo trekkers, when they do that, they kind of, you know, walk into a village and get a room. But, uh, you know, November is a pretty heavy trekking time. So from what I see, a lot of the rooms are blocked off for these tour groups. And some solo trekkers that I've seen post are saying that, you know, the accommodations they get, as basic as everything is, their rooms are, like, way more basic than what you would get if you were with a, a tour guide. So those are the two options. I think I'm going with, no, I know I am. I'm going with the tour guide, with the porter, <clears throat> and hopefully the meals. Um, but that is, so getting back to, to my point, that is one of the things on my to-do list. Um, and I've kind of narrowed down the tour guides, you know, to maybe six, seven or eight. It's really tough because it is astonishing how many tour groups, tour guides are out there. Most of them are based in Nepal. Um, some of them have like, uh, you know, people who will reach out to you and respond and set everything up for you. Um, There are also companies that are based in the United States that act as a go-between, kind of like a broker, um, and they 
broker out or, you know, assign your particular uh, request to local guides in Nepal. So those by definition are more expensive. Some of them much more expensive I've seen because you're using, you know, the Americans as the American company as a go-between. Now, from what I've read, I will say that, you know, maybe you get what you pay for. Um, They're more expensive, but but the write-ups, the itineraries I've seen are pretty impressive. Um, So there's a, there seems to be a balance there, you know, and I'm trying to find the best bang for the buck, what makes the most sense. Um, I think it's pretty important that you have, you know, enough guides within a group um, or a cluster of groups within a cluster of groups um, to be attentive to the trekkers, especially the first timers. And by that, I mean, I don't mean catering to them at all. What I mean is some, some guides have emergency oxygen, say, if one needs, or um, enhanced medical supplies. They are in touch with emergency evacuation resources and things like that. So, and then, you know, you could even just fly to Kathmandu and get a guide there. Um, a lot of people do that, and I think it works out for a lot of people. Um, that seems a little bit, I won't say risky, but it just seems, you know, there's more margin for error doing that and getting something that you're comfortable with. So to me, it makes sense to plan up front, get that all nailed down and taken care of before you go. And then they meet you at the airport when you arrive and, you know, off you go to your welcome dinner. And then next day, you you know, you fly you fly to Lukla and you start trekking. So I think that's the route I'm going. Um, quickly, I've been in touch with my diabetes doctor, as I said, my regular doctor I'll be talking to. And then um, I will set up a series of exams, physicals, etc. cetera, um, <clears throat> for next year. Um, I need to get my diabetes exams, my general health exams. Um, I need an, uh, a detailed eye exam, and that's part of my diabetes maintenance. Um, and also, I'm thinking about vaccinations. So I have a list of vaccinations um, that I think kind of apply to Nepal. Um, I don't know if all of them are needed, but you know, I'm doing my research on that, and I want to make sure that I'm covered as much as I need to be and appropriately. But I don't want to overdo it either. I don't want to, you know, <clears throat> I don't want to take stuff that I don't need. But the list I have here all makes pretty good sense. Um, so I'm working on that. Um, and that is it for my tasks list. Uh, these guides. So I think that's pretty much it. And then I, one of my lists is just a, a list of general notes. Um, that include little tidbits of information that I get that I know I'll forget somewhere along the way, but I think are important to the whole thing. Um, you know, uh, just a lot of little things that are that are easy to forget. Um, so I think that is about it for the uh, for the lists. And I had something else I was going to talk about today, but. Um, quite remember what it is so I guess I'll start wrapping up by um, oh yeah I was gonna 
kind of tie back to the first episode and list some reasons for me doing this, but I don't know if I'm going to do that now. Um, you know, I think last episode I, I, I kind of said something about everything being right in front of me. All I have to do is grab it and, you know, buy a ticket and fly over there and, and, and do it. So I, I wanted to point out that that statement is in no way me minimizing the effort that it's going to take to do this. I was just kind of looking at things, you know, in the grand scheme of things, you know, from a bird's eye point of view perspective. And, and really that's, that's what it is. That's what I'm doing. But when you start drilling down to all the details, it's really, it's, it's a lot of stuff. So I'm being optimistic, which is, you know, it's kind of a change for me in a lot of ways in life. Um, sometimes I'm not optimistic and, um, that's one of the things I'm trying to change by doing this. Um, so I just wanted to point out that even though I said, you know, buy a ticket and go, I know it's not that easy. Um, just this morning, in fact, I woke up and I was really doubtful about everything. And it's just, it all seems so daunting for me. You know, I know for some outdoor enthusiasts and and others, it's not, it's really just about logistics and, you know, getting time off work and going, but this, um, doing, doing a two week trek in sub zero, sub freezing conditions and getting up early every morning and walking, trekking all day with weight on my back in an environment that up toward the top at 5,364 meters at base camp, oxygen can be 50% less than sea level. So that is all super daunting. And this morning I woke up and I was really doubtful about everything. And then I just kind of remembered what I've been thinking and doing this past few weeks. And I'm, you know, I don't know, there's a, there's a reason that I'm kind of focused on it right now. Um, maybe it's not because I'm going to do it or that I'm whatever meant to do it, or maybe there's some, some other driving force and maybe I'm using this as a vehicle to get whatever work I need done, done. But, um, for whatever reason this morning, I was super doubtful about everything. And I, you know, I kind of felt silly talking to the people that I have been about it. Um, I've shared this commitment with people that are close to me. And this morning I woke up and I, you know, I'll be, to be honest, I feel foolish. I felt foolish when I woke up and, you know, cause, and maybe I'm, this is all part of the lack of self-confidence, etc. that I spoke about last episode. But, you know, one of the first thoughts I had this morning was, you know, everybody that I've told this to must think that I'm just, you know, completely off on my assessment that I'm going to do this. So, um, and then that thinking turned around a little bit, but this is kind of a, one of those doubtful days for me that I know are going to be in abundance, come about in, in abundance over the next year, year and a half. Um, so, I have to find a way to get past that thinking. And every day I'm assessing, do I really want to do this? Do I, you know, will I be able to tap into the resources that I need to? And um, 
So far, the answer I'm coming up with is yes, although sometimes it's a hesitant yes, um, and I'm, you know, a scary yes. And, you know, I don't know where I'm going to be next fall um, in life and, you know, in general. That's a long ways off and like a lot of things could change and I'm not trying to future trip and be pessimistic, but the reality is, you know, while it's kind of around the corner when you look at a lifetime, it's, you know, it's, it's still 15 months away. That's a long time. I mean, a lot of things could happen. I don't mean bad things, but I think, you know, just changes in circumstances. So that, that doubt kind of creeps into my mind. And when it does, I had I just have to say, well, there's no control. I don't have control over those future events right now. Maybe indirectly I do, but um, but really I don't. And time will pass, and as I get closer, I'll be able to better assess my position and my ability to follow through on this commitment. So um, as it stands today, and this is, again, this is more a reminder for myself that as of today... I'm, I'm going to do this and um, I'm just going to continue tapping into the resources that I need to and I'm going to do my daily step, um, which is a step toward achieving this goal. So that is it for this episode and um, I will see you next time around.